and welcome to another writer's bookshelf but it's not any old writer's bookshelf it is of course another traveling bookshelf and where have i traveled to i've said it many many times before i'm back in the mighty city of bradford and i have to say my guest is no stranger to uh, me interviewing her and it's not obviously her debut but what is the debut is we're actually recording in the Gingerlicious Flying Satsuma car. What can I, what do what do I mean by that? Well, it's a travelling bookshelf. And my good friend says, David, meet me in Bradford, and I believe we're at a fantastic coffee place. This is a free advert for you. We're at Java Joe's, and we've had some. In fact, I've had two cups of coffee, and I am absolutely loving it. And I've met up with one of the biggest names in poetry she sat on the side so we're actually in the flying satsuma the actual jeep itself because it's got quite noisy it's become quite noisy in the cafe you may well hear some people talking outside there's a gentleman who just managed i don't know how he's done it but he's managed to reverse to the left hand side in a very tight <laughs> gap i know he started saying some rude words there because but no he's managed to get on the side of us <laughs> who is my guest today on the podcast edition of the writer's bookshelf it's the one and only Sharina Lee Sati. Sharina, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You're giggling away. You've been in the studio, you've been to the radio station when I broadcast on that platform, but I do not think we've sat in the car. I hope people don't start talking. What we say? <laughs> we're sat here and we've actually put the world to rights. The trouble is, people, we met round about sort of 10 o'clock-ish on a Saturday morning. It's probably around about 20 to 12 now. We've had about an, an hour and 20 minutes, an hour and a half, talking and talking and talking. And we thought to ourselves, do you know what? We'll best get this interview done. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, it is. And it your, is. your good husband will be ringing up shortly saying, Sharina, where are you? So very briefly, I know you're going to share some poetry. Um, what have we been up to? Because we've had a little bit of a joint venture, or it's your venture, You've been, you are still working. Let's start off with the National Literacy Trust. We know about that. I've been involved in it. It's your brainchild. We've found a couple of fantastic new poets. Just tell us briefly what's happening still with the National Literacy Trust, because I think your contract has been renewed. Yes, so um, I'm still working at the National Literacy Trust. Um, I, it was initially for the 12 months I was working there on the West Yorkshire Laureate. Um, program um but yeah they seem to like me so i'm staying on <laughs> i like it and, and we you, i mean there's rumors i know you can't give a world exclusive or a bookshelf exclusive it may well the work that you me many many other people have done it may well continue into next year we are hoping yeah we are i always um, try and catch you out don't I? <laughs> we are hoping um yeah i'm more than hopeful that we're going to continue that work more brilliant and, you, and you're absolutely you're loving it you're absolutely learning a different sort of side to, um, you know, workshops and working with all these wonderful people and discovering. What's the best part? Is it still discovering young and new poets? 100%, yeah. It's the fact yep. that we can deliver poetry now in educational settings on a massive scale, something as an individual you can't do. Brilliant. And where's, where's it taking you? Because obviously you're based in Bradford. I know you've been down to the mighty capital of London. I think you've probably been to Birmingham, Manchester. You've been all over. <laughs> Where, where's it taking you, this National Literacy Trust? Um, yeah, it does take me quite, yeah, into... To the four corners of the globe? Different places, because a lot of our projects 
that I'm running are in different locations. So like Birmingham, um, where else did we do it? Nottingham, mm-hmm. London. We're based in London, so our office is in London. So we get to visit there quite a lot and explore it. <laughs> and you've been in, you keep posting things up on social media, going to libraries and meeting all these um, brilliant people. What's it like? I haven't had a chance to ask you this. You've worked alongside um, Tracy Brabin, the mayor of um, West Yorkshire, and also the brilliant Simon Armitage. Any thoughts or feedback on those two wonderful characters? What was Tracy like to work with? Real advocate and, you know, I think she's very passionate about West Yorkshire yes. and it's great to see someone that's come from that kind of creative background that wants to see creativity grow and so, you know, it's great to be, you know, she's a well-known figure um, and Off to be... stage and screen. Yeah, so like, you know, I've watched her on, is it, would it ever Dale or Coronation Street? I think she's been in both and I think I made yeah. reference to uh, when we had the live <laughs> <You> performance <laughs> we did of uh, Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that were cool. Um, but yeah, just to know that I've seen somebody on TV as a kid, yeah. and then now I'm actually stood on that stage. It's a little her. bit weird, isn't it? When you, it, e- even though we've you know been on staged and performed and all this sort of thing, you're still as a child, as you say, it's still that little bit of a strange feeling when you think I've watched this person and now I'm working alongside the at the side of you. Yeah, it's mad, and it. I think it shows you that because, like, as you're growing as a kid, you see people like as these celebrities, and then. As you're getting into that kind of field of work, you realise they're just people like us, you know. They're it's, just another, they're just yeah. another person, mm. just another person. And what I know, have you got to know? Um, have you got to know Simon Armitage? I mean, obviously a big, big, if that's the right thing to say, a big, big name in the world of poetry. I think everyone knows Simon Armitage, but a lot of people have, have bought his books and, and he's, you know, penned all this wonderful stuff. What have you ever got to know Simon a little bit better? I think, yeah. I, I mean, initially, Simon Armitage was kind of like that character that just sat on pages on, on Google and here, there and everywhere and looked kind of like very official, very stern, very posh to me. I thought it was like this posh character. Uddersfield lad, isn't it? Yeah, then yeah. I realised that, you know, he's so down to earth and grounded and, mm. you know, he's, yeah, he's just so genuine and he shocked me. It, it, do, you think that, do you think that's a good thing? I, I get that, Sharina, as in, I think we still think of, you know, someone like Simon, like you say, you know, he's published it Google and all this internet and Simon yeah. Armitage here, there and all this wonderful work that he does and all this wonderful poetry that he writes and I think it's quite refreshing as you say it, it helps because he's a Yorkshire lad yeah. just down the road yeah. at Huddersfield <laughs> but interesting, as you say, you know, he's grounded and a real da- down to earth guy, did you feel an instant connection then when, when people talk there's no barriers there and thinking well you know, I don't really I don't really connect with this person. I think there was a respect from poet to poet. Um, oh, I think that I'm was definitely it. there. Um, and I think I've been to a lot of high-profile events through the National Literacy Trust and yes. running of the project. And, you know, you can be around lots of people um, that, yeah, that, that see you as, like, yeah, you, you're part of an organisation and stuff. And even as a freelance artist, I've been to events and stuff, but... He shows you like genuine respect. You know, you mm. can you instantly you don't feel like you're below him or anything. He, he, yeah, it's a nice level of respect. Like, I think that's good across all creative sort of genre, genres, yeah. and I do I do appreciate that and understand it fully. As in, I think you know, as I keep saying, further up the food chain or a bigger artist, and you, some people can forget the roots. But I think it's really good. It's good practice to be, as you've said, grounded and just respect people for who they are. 100%, and, yeah. and you can move on. 
Now, we are going to move on. You've got the, I'll say a little bit about the, about the book, which you have uh, so eagerly waiting to share with us, Sharina. You've been, let's just quickly then talk about the uh, Sisterhood and Spoke, because Sisterhood is is another one of your brilliant projects, which, you, which started in Bradford and is still going strong. We've been talking over coffee about Spoke, and you've recently had a, um, a Sisterhood Festival event. Just tell us a little bit about that. I'll start with Spoke, because Spoke's kind of like the umbrella of everything that kind of falls under it. So mm-hmm. Spoke was started back in 2021, um, originally with a team of people um, to kind of amplify and, yeah, to amplify poetry. It was, it was my kind of idea and contribution to the world, and I got people involved to kind of help um, bring that to, yeah, bring that to the surface, kind of, to, yeah, to, um, to share that vision. Um, the people that joined back then had to fall out, not fall out, but had to kind of like pull out for their own reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued it. Um, I wasn't sure where it was going to take me, but I knew that it was always my passion and love to, to deliver something to our community, um, poetically, um, and bringing emerging and established artists together because I knew that when I first started doing poetry, I felt I felt very, um, like there was many closed doors, like kind of like... Yeah, I think we've spoken about that, obviously, yeah. you know, I think obviously on past shows, past yeah. interviews, you spoke about that, and um, and obviously when we've been out for maybe coffee or just a general meet-up, and I think we've sort of spoken about barriers and vulnerable um, and, and possibly different events where maybe, maybe, you know, certain people turn up or, you know, but I think as a, an artist, obviously, you certainly developed and you are delivering on many levels now yeah Yeah, so spoke does bring lots of events to bradford and online as well and through that we had sisterhood which we brought um, a female only space to bradford libraries um supported by the lovely dion who always yeah is amazing she always crops up does dion Dion, (laughs) (laughs) she does and um yeah we've been running that now for we're going on to our third year. It's our third birthday in um, November, which is mad. It's like that's for sisterhood. Yeah, brilliant, for sisterhood brilliant. And... Anybody sort of listening? Anyone listening? I thinking sisterhood. I live in the Bradford area. Just briefly tell us how, how can they get in touch with, or if they want to come along to the event. Is it advertised across social media? Yeah, so it's advertised on Spoke Poetry Hub on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So typing those, if you type those into all the social media sites, yeah. it'll come up and you can get um, you can get a place. And it's probably fair to say you don't have to share. You can come along to these events as just an audience member. Just listen, 100%. see what it's about, have yeah. a chat, and even if you share just a couple of words or a couple of lines, you don't have to start regaling five, six, ten poems and be. That's that's what it's all about, sure, isn't it? You've probably got people that are a bit more established, or maybe you know, been in the poetry game for a while, and will openly share a lot of work. But people can come along and just share as 100%. much or as little, and encourage people to come out of their shell. Yeah, I always find we get new visitors all the time, and it's sometimes not even women from Bradford. Like people travel so far. From where? Give us some like examples. Like Harrogate. Um, Leeds, yes. Wakefield, we've had some as far as Sheffield and beyond, and it's just like, really? So the word, so the word is get, getting out there yeah. verbally, you know, text messages, also telephone conversations, chats over coffee, yeah. social media. There's just a need for it, I think, and 
and women come and they're like, oh, we're not going to read, we're not going to read. But then by the and half they break, they're like, can I read? Can I please read? <laughs> so they bring... So I think what you're saying there is people have come to your event, assisted event, with some work to share and poetry, and they sort of clam up and say, I'm not doing it. And then... And do you think that's because they've probably got a perception of what it might be like and they might think I might not fit in, I'm a little bit scared or when or when they see how wonderful and friendly it is, they open up. Is yeah. it a good thing to see that change? Oh, it's amazing. That's what makes everything worthwhile. Like when I see someone getting up for the first time sharing their poetry and they're like, I wasn't going to do this and it's very vulnerable. Sometimes it can be very deep and raw and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just so powerful. Do you, do you find then with the sisterhood that it's, and, and I mean in particular with not just a sisterhood um, and, and obviously female and let's be honest there's a big Asian population in Bradford and, and it, it's open to everybody not just the Asian South Asian community a lot of South Asian women ladies turn up do you think they have been longing for a platform and a voice do you think do you think a lot of I'm not I don't mean catch up in a in a bad way, but do you think they've longed for a voice and a platform and a safe place to share their work and, and make, themselves, make themselves heard? 100% like quoted from one of our members that, and she lets me share this. And she said that like, as a South Asian woman, mm -hmm. um, the only places she can really attend is the local mosque. Right. She said, so for her to attend her local library, um, full of literature, creativity, and a female-only space. She said it's it's so empowering for her to be able to connect and to share her creativity that she's not ever been able to do before. And for me, that's like that's just huge. Like it's, you know. it must be really not only a happy feel, a real a good factor. And can you see people sort of elevate themselves and become stronger? Oh yeah. <laughs> more articulate I don't mean that in any in a, in a language barrier sense I mean articulate as in as in the confidence and talking speaking speaking in public and have you seen possibly new friendships blossom you talk about people from Harrogate you talk about people from Sheffield people from Bradford and you, I would probably fair to say that people will have the same common ground and common experiences yeah, we're connecting interfaiths together. So there's lots of mm -hmm. women from different faiths, religions, cultures, backgrounds, and we get to learn about each other. So it's a safe space where women come together and learn, connect, share their stories. And, you know, it's so respectful. Like, everyone's respectful of each other. And, I like it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a beautiful space. And I've seen a few sneaky pictures. I think you also bring a little bit of food as well. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Well, do you know and is I, that from all different places as well, all different corners of the earth, of the, of the world, so to speak? It's normally me rushing after work to just go and get don't loads of it, bits. Don't spoil it now, <laughs> Serena. You're going to tell me people, like, which is good because food, food makes people happy. Yeah. brings people together. Poetry does. It's a nice little, yeah. well, not a nice, it, a nice event. Well, we... It's nowhere near on the scale of Ross's beautiful cakes and food. He's, <laughs> he's from Asda, Morrison's, Lidl oh, or something. But, Sharina, you're, now, um, you're ruining the ambience. You're ruining the ambience. But people appreciate now. it. Um, they appreciate it. And we do get... Everyone's fallen in love with the... Um, oh, what are they called? Pakoras, onion barges. Yes, um, yes. And they're like, these are amazing. I'm like, well, they're not mine. I've just bought them. <laughs> I, I must have been... Obviously, I've been to a few events and must yeah. speak about one of your more recent, more, most recent ones very, very shortly. I love the Asian, South Asian, Indian, Pakistani, all that sort of food. I absolutely love it. Um, but the trouble is, because I'm a little bit of a, a greedy guts, and, and I think 
at the recent event we talked about, I, when I say I turned it down, I, I did simply because I think there's nothing worse because I, and you, you've got a really full tummy mm -hmm. and you've sort of, you, you, you've got all this aroma of the spices and stuff like that. And especially when you're performing and you know what I'm talking about, Sharina, <laughs> find it hard when you've got a really full tummy and especially <laughs> yeah. a mouth of onion, bar, not, or a taste of onion barge. Excuse my friends, you don't want to be sort of maybe burping when you're on the mic you know you're thinking oh that's yeah. really lovely food so the annoying thing for me is i actually love all that lovely food that type of food but i try and avoid it because i know i'm like a food vacuum and then they'll say and next up it's david and i'll be excuse me because i just like to just sit and relax and <laughs> digest it let's move on to the most recent event your second second Poetry connect, um, collection. Can I get my words right? Um, collection has recently been released, and it's called "Shh." Very moving, very powerful, and on a very serious note, it's all about you, Sharina. And I know that we know each other sort of outside of this interview. Um, you've said you're very mixed heritage mm -hmm. of. Um, I think I've got it right. English, Indian, Pakistani, and you know real a real mixture and you've said that <laughs> yourself a real mixture of various cultures and people know you as a poet people know obviously as a, as a mum an auntie and all that sort of thing but i think you've shared so much there you know you've briefly maybe spoken to me and other people about little snippets mm. sort of here and there yeah. about your past and you have spoken to me on a one-to-one -one basis about your relationship with, with your mum and, and stuff like that and i know you shared it a little bit on the open mic, but you finally, well, you've taken the plunge. It's been a year or so mm -hmm. in the making. It's absolutely brilliant. You've recently had a fantastic book launch at Bradford Libraries again. Just tell us then, give us, give us a little bit more about that collection, because it is you. It really is you from a teenager, and, and there's a lot of, dare I say, a lot of dark stuff in there, a lot of personal stuff, a lot of hurtful stuff in there, but you've shared it. It must make you feel better in some ways to put it out there, put a stamp on it, own it, and say, this is me, this is my life. Yeah, I think um, initially I'd, I wanted to get out a lot of the feelings that I kind of kept hidden for a mm -hmm. long time. But I wanted to do it in a way that not everyone would understand my own story, so there's... The collection is a lot of me, but it's also a mixture of other women as well. So it's got a lot mm. of women's voices um, that anonymously I've written poems about um, with their mm -hmm. consent. Um, some just that I've been inspired about, like news stories or something, and I've, I've put it in as a, a poem um, through my own, yeah, creative, like... And it's just, it's a different kind of collection because if you look, and I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the poems don't even rhyme. It's not, and that, that's interesting when we talk about rhyme because I think myself, and we've, we've been talking about that, a lot of my poems, a lot of your poems, um, a lot of everyone's poems seem to rhyme, but then it's good not to rhyme. And I personally think when you get possibly a little bit more, shall I say, deep and meaningful or a point across, the rhymes suddenly disappear. It's like a story. Every line is a story and something to tell. And I think it's a different type of outlook. It really is like I, I realised when I was writing it that because I'm not focusing on the rhyme element, 
the depths of the words seem more mm. deeper. It comes more from you. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, you, you've got the rhymes, good rhymes, weak rhymes, bad rhymes. <laughs> yeah. But you no, know, but I think that's very, it's very much more. He's, he's obviously very poetic and from the heart and from you, as in every single line, as you said, every word is. You, every line really could be a chapter. It's got yeah. to sum up so much. Yeah. I do enjoy that style of. Do you think it brought out the the best of you, or did it tap into more? Emotion writing in that style. Um, I think so you said taking away from the rhymes, and it's you really had to concentrate on the events and the feelings. And yeah, I think um, it's got a mixture of everything. I think this mm-hmm. book was probably one of the most difficult ones for me to write. Um, I really wanted to go in even like deeper into like past memories, but. I realised when I'm trying to go into their memories, I couldn't remember. Um, so it's... You'll have to concentrate on a third collection then. <laughs> well, I was thinking, I don't know, I think I kind of want to just... I've got poems. Obviously, this was purely about this book. So I've got, mm-hmm. like, tons of poems that I've written that are not in collections, and it'd be nice to maybe compile, yeah, compile them together at some point. But I think I'm just going to focus on just enjoying writing again. It's something that... Have you not been enjoying writing recently then when you, um, when you just picked up on saying, you just said, I enjoy, want to enjoy writing again? Have you felt uh, a little bit distant recently? Yeah, it's difficult when you're Why? working. I think when you're working, right, and you're doing poetry and work, yes. and then you've been putting a collection together for so long, and you're like, oh, and then I think with like world affairs and everything that's going on, it's yes, really yeah. difficult to kind of... Focus entirely on yeah. it. There's a different side to you, um, as in we mentioned about the National Literacy Trust, and it's probably around about a year now. And you've said you've got your contract renewed for another year. So yeah. obviously, go back to 2022 November. That's when you did start working for the National Literacy Trust. So I understand that, as in when you say working, you're obviously involved in schools and all these wonderful events. And then prior to that, you're right. You're probably a different different times and styles of, of sort of writing is it uh, so has it has it has it taken a different turn then as, as in would you say you enjoyed writing more prior to working for the national literacy trust or do you have you always have you just taken a slight turn i think i took that time for granted um yeah yeah back then. And, and just, just sort of writing any time you wanted and just yeah. possibly a bit more sort of chilled out and thought i'm inspired here i'm inspired there i'm going for a walk and so you've yeah. got to sort of maybe um, discipline yourself more to to get the time, as in as in you've got to find an hour here, an hour there. You've really got to focus on what time time management. I think they call yeah, it. Sure, it's, it's mad. It is a bit robotic that, but um, I do find I write little quotes. So I don't really get to write a nice. I've noticed that. Yeah, a piece of um, poetry, but I do write like a couple of lines, which sometimes it's usually in the well, morning now. Uh, what sort of inspired that I've noticed obviously if people follow you on yeah. on uh, social media I do like them it could be two lines four yeah. just little and, and some nice little pictures artwork as well yeah. is that is that what you like do you think that keeps you ticking over is it a little bit of creativity that could extend a bit further yeah 100% um, I think on Instagram you've got a kind of the content on Instagram is very different to any other social media platforms you right. kind of I like everything to look visually pretty. <laughs> um, is that why I get it wrong on Instagram? <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? um, I just like it to represent me, but I did go a bit crazy with Instagram at one point. Like, it was very... In what way? So I had lots of me on there. So it was more about, like, me doing events and me here and me there. And I kind of... Right, yeah. I felt like I was losing focus on my writing. 
So right, I understand that. So, so Sharina's doing this, Sharina's doing that. Yeah. Whereas if if you're writing the poetry and the quotes or the photograph, it's giving people an insight into your mind and soul and creativity. I think, right, you, yeah, yeah, I think it's into the creativity element because um, sometimes it's not even mind or soul. It's just something that I've just scrambled together just to kind of share. But don't spoil it. It sounds um, <laughs> But yeah, I took. I'm trying to take yes. out the too much of Sharina and go back to the creativity and the writing and showcase that on there. That's interesting. Is, is that is that that's a good piece of advice? Is that you know people listening? Do, as in when you say um, you know as an artist or as a a, a creative. Some people say it is all about the artist. It is all about the, um, you know, the singer, the poet, the writer, and then, and then you've just said it's not about you. So how, how would you? What advice would you give to people? Is it, is it a fine line then between it's me, 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 or it, this is what I do? Yeah, I think it's down to people's personal preference. But for mm. me, it was. I just felt like I was sharing more of the person of who I am rather than the poet and I wanted right. to strip it back to my passion and my purpose was poetry so why am I making my Instagram account about all about Sharina it needs to be about the writing and the, the poetry yeah I get that so they're so saying something maybe you know maybe a lot of photographs of, of, of you or you're at this event you're at that event yeah. and and so really if it's if it's a wonderful piece of writing by yourself or a nice quote and it's your name underneath that's just it's your creativity yeah, yeah, and I do share little bits. So I've, mm. I've started to incorporate little bits of my nature because I love nature. And to me, that's I noticed well. that, yes. <laughs> you've got, you've, you've got some miles in there. Oh, I love my walk. Some hiking boots. And <laughs> oh, I need to get on the mountains, but it's a bit too cold now. Because, yeah, I remember um, you did a lot of the, um, maybe last year or year before, the sort of three peaks and oh, round. I did, yeah. how, how did that come? Had you been there before then? Because I remember. Within the last couple of years, obviously we're all we're connected via a lot of social media sites. All of a sudden, Sharina's putting stuff <laughs> like, which I love it, and you're on top of a mountain and you're walking boots and this and the three. So, how did that sort of come about? Is that a family thing or is that you with with sort of friends who, who's been doing it the walking? It was um, me and my sister to start with. So yes, my sister's a nature geek as well. She loves like nature hiking geek. and. <laughs> um, yeah. Is that what they call them now? Nature I don't geek? know. It's just my Sounds kind of like. Yeah, that's what we love. Um, and she used to do it, and she took me to um, Malham first. And she's yeah, like, let's yeah. do a stretch at Malham. This is quite easy compared to Penigent. And was that your first visit to Malham, Malham Cove? Yeah, or? I'd never yeah, been yeah. before, so I was like... It's fantastic. Where have I been? You yeah. know, what world it's, have I been it in? It really is, and for those that haven't been, I mean, we also go down that, we go down the hill, car park on the left, and there's a little sort of pub at the bottom and all yeah. that. And then and if you haven't been, then... You don't realise with the you go up to the Malham Cove and all the what do you think of the stones at the top? Oh, stunning! That's right up your street, really. They're just very slippy, so like when you're standing on them, yeah. even with your hiking boots, you're yeah, sliding all over quite, a bit. And did you go how far did you go to the edge looking over? Yeah, yeah we sat quite at the edge. Um, <laughs> were the waterfall running? Yeah, yeah, well, that's well, the first time I went, it was, yeah, but so it's not always. I think we've only been once when mm, it's been, yeah, it running. was the first time. But after that, it, there was no water. And did you yeah. go, obviously, down the... There's a steps down the side, all the path, and it's just... You get to the bottom, it's just pure magic. Oh, it's it really was. We, we walked up brilliant. the steps and then went to the top and then... Oh, you come the other way? Yeah. Right, because you... Yeah, yeah. And what did you think, then, of the sort of three peaks? Because a lot of people... I haven't sort of walked those in many, many years. Um, I remember doing it as a, as a teenager with my dad and one of my brothers. But you're up there 
to coin a phrase. You're up with the gods, aren't you? Absolutely yeah, away is... from the silence <laughs> and you're, you're so many thousand, you know, you're up high. When I first did Pen Again, I was mortified. I was Why? absolutely distraught. Why? Because my sister's like, oh, it's just like, yeah, you were going up a hill. Are we talking fitness level now, Sharina? No, it wasn't even fitness level. It was just like heart attack level. I don't mean that in a bad, I don't mean that in a bad way. No. She'll get used to his coffees and live in this sort of, oh, gosh, look at no. me, and then all of a sudden, David, you get the walking was... boots on it. Ooh. Well, it was, it, yeah, it really did test my uh, like endurance fitness, level completely. Yeah. But like, we got to the first part, right? And you just caught your breath. So you just you caught your breath. You are like, oh, feeling all right. And I'm seeing elderly people walking yeah, yeah. up this hill, right? I'm like, oh, the, if they can do it, I can do it. Now, you can use rude words now because we're not on the, on the radio, Sharina. I have to be very careful. But because it's my podcast, <laughs> you can let it all out. Kid. Go for it. <laughs> and anyway, so we got to the first part of where you've got to climb. Yes, and yes. It, it is a little climb. But do you know, you're literally on the mm. edge of a hill, cliff. There's nothing to protect you. You fall, you're dead, <laughs> right? And I was like, "You seriously bringing me on?" And she brought. I took my daughter as well. I was like, "Cause she thought she said it's a little hill." She thought, "Oh, we'll have a, we'll have a little bit of a stroll." Yeah. And then we, I, I made that bit. So I got to that bit, and then I looked. Sounds up. very, very, very military now, Sharina. Yeah. <laughs> I looked up, right? I nearly had an heart attack. I'm like, "You tell me we've got to go up that bit as well." She's like, "Yeah." And, and it's not a little bit. It's quite. <laughs> and it was torrential rain it was the it winds the winds were like i don't know about 50 60 miles per hour i'm like what are you doing to me you're gonna kill me well these are the elements i think this is why people like it because i can remember i mean we haven't done a great deal of walking recently but me and ross have when i were a kid you know my dad my uncles used to take us out i think it's brilliant and i get what you're saying i think people's concept uh, perception is that I'm a bit younger, I'm a bit fitter, but then when you see these really seasoned walkers, ramblers, yeah. they're rocking and rolling. And I think people see walking, I don't think people fully understand walking. They're mm. you know, rowing or football or athletics. And you now appreciate when you think you're walking tens, you know, 20, 30, 50 miles, you keep going and you don't realise, but the elements. Surely as a writer and a poet, you talk about the wind, the rain, your mind's in a different place. Is it good for writing? Oh, really? I mean, as soon as I got to the top of there, like, we all hugged each other and we were like, we did it, we did it. And you it. looked down and, and you thought... Oh, and then I went back and did it another further three, four times because I'd... Because you love it. I was just like, I need to overcome that first experience. Um, so, so what was just a case of, of you're looking down, so you're up higher up, you've got the experience of up the mountain path, if you like, and you're up with the clouds and you're looking at all the fantastic oh, views and nature, let's face it, you know, there's all these birds of prey and there's all the sheep and all the wildlife and all this wonderful, fantastic Yorkshire air. Um, have, have you done all the three peaks then, or, or have you done all three of them, um, or just one of them? Have no, you? we did... So that day we just did one. Yes. Um, the second time we did one. The <laughs> third time we tried doing two, but like my whole heel had literally peeled off. It was disgusting because I'd walked yeah, so much. You're not supposed to do it in the stilettos. Uh, no, it was stilettos. Supposed to get some walking boots. Um, and the second time we did we did two. Um, Brilliant. But we couldn't make a third because we were completely dead. Um, but it's one that I'd love did, to go back and, and do. And did you sleep well? I might imagine, did you have plenty to eat when you returned home and well, just slept? Do you know, oh, we were goodness. eating throughout. Like, we took a bag full of goodies, like fruit, sweet, Brilliant. everything, just to yeah, kind of keep yeah. going. Um, but, yeah, I think my legs it, killed for a week after. It's good to get to nature. And just keeping on that theme, we have spoken about sort of a lockdown COVID times. What really surprised me is everyone's 
draw back to nature because everybody, as you well know, you want to lie down and all this, all these things going on. And then people went out and started walking and walking on canal banks and rivers. And the, I am a big believer in the sort of human psyche, the human race is drawn to nature. I think that's where we sort of lie. Our calling is sometimes to nature. From the from the city, from the stage, <coughs> excuse me, and you're walking and you just get back to nature. It cleanses the mind. I think, I mean, if you look at it like a... There's different elements to nature and I feel like, you know, like even when we, when we, we die, we go back to the earth, we go back mm, to the soil. Mm. Um, so I do feel like we've got that strong connection anyway. And for me... Nature's always been part of that kind of like universal feeling of, you know, what else exists beyond this, you know? And, I like it. And, and how is this created? And, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. I like that sort of look on it of, of, uh, of becoming just one of everything, you know, yeah. regardless, man, woman, bird, tree. It's just, I think the ultimate question is, where does it all start? You know, if you are a man, woman, tree, bird, whatever, you've got some life. And mm-hmm. where do you go? Where do you come from and where do you go? And that's the question my late mum used to say. You'll never know until it happens. Mm. I suppose that's one of the great mysteries, if I dare say that, of life, really, of what happens. Definitely. I mean, I know everyone's got their own beliefs, mm. religious beliefs, and, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's magical what can exist beyond life um, and thinking about that, I think that's just fascinating and... And that's poetry in itself. It is indeed. Let's share a little bit of work now from from the book, and then we can have a uh, we can continue in your obviously in your own words. I know you've got some earmarked. You can share. <laughs> I mean, you can just read it and let the listeners uh, decide what it's about, or you can tell us a little bit about it before or after, Sharina. It's entirely up to you. The microphone is now yours. On the theme of nature, so it's called different versions of you. She walked upon the same path, watching the light fall into darkness and the darkness fade into the light. She always paused at the red streaks of romance that smeared across the sky before the darkness cloaked her vision and wrapped its existence around her well-being. It fulfilled a part of her that was unreachable, even for the flash of time it existed. She had walked many steps upon the same route, walking along the same cobbled path, kicking the same dust from under her feet, and watching as the same ripples pooled into rings of vibrational energy. The rings never changed their sequence. They always formed in the exact same way, from the depth of blue, a message only she knew how to interpret. She walked this path several times or more, shedding three different layers of her, peeling back the skin that once built a fortress around her, is now no more than a dead leaf that is crushed under her feet. For she now walks with a clearer vision, her open-wounded heart no longer hidden. She has indeed exhausted this route, this path, her shoes, no longer hiding under the umbrella of her abuse. For this route was forever meeting different versions of her. Even when the sky changed its face and the seasons crumbled, under the burning rays of sun, this path cleared her ashes that she's arisen daily from, no longer the same she on the path she walked along. Beautiful words there, Sharina. And I have got the book. And I, again, I'll thank you for the little note you put in the front for for uh, for me. And uh, powerful words. 
Thank you. You know, from your your past, present, future. I know you've said that that maybe some of those about other people, but that's it takes us on a journey. You know, shedding certain things and yeah, that was inspired on. by the canal. Um, mm. So I used to, again in lockdown, walk along the canal constantly. So it was a constant same repeat of walking on the same path, but. Every time, even now when I walk on that path, it's mm -hmm. a different version of me from the version that once walked on it. I like that. And water, connection with, we're connected to water as yeah. well. I don't know why, canal, rivers, waterfalls, it's always calming, always calming. I always link it back to, one, our bodies are full of water, and two, we was born in it, like in our mum's womb. Yes, yes, yeah, when you think about that, yeah. and, and, and like you said, the, uh, and you know, see the ebbing and flowing of the, of the tides and, it's just, yeah, it's that little, well, not it is that sort of connection. We're getting very deep, aren't we, Shereen, <laughs> in our interviews, aren't we? Oh <laughs> you know, have we got some more, have we got some more, um, have you got some more poetry? I'm sure you have, there's a full book there. <laughs> there is. Um, so I'll read this poem, it's called Wake Me Up Tomorrow. Stay under the covers, my love, for here is where the forest grows, where the light dances with the darkness and monsters are afraid of your dreams. Here is where roses paint your cheeks and daisies clove your skin. For here, my love, is a space that no one can get in. This is your safe haven, your creation. Those sweets that you tasted, a pure piece of your imagination, that you hold so sacred. For no one can enter the gates of your paradise. This is where your empty belly full, empty belly lies. Now filled with the fruits of paradise, leaving the warmth clinging to your insides. The sweets that sweeten your bitter afternoon. For her screams can wait outside your room. Hum, dear girl, hum, to the tune of your own silence. For here, violence cannot reach you. And if your doors are rattled and your windows shake, just play dead, dear girl, just play dead. If they find the entrance to the trees that weave in and out of your sheets, that encase your bed, be ready to roar, girl. Be ready to claw your way out. For now, you are safe encased in the arms of your own protection. Just dream, dear girl, just dream. I think you read that one at the uh, at, at your book launch. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably one of the more deeper poems, if you... Uh, There's lots to it. <laughs> don't, um, yeah, if you don't mind me asking that, and I think people can interpret yeah. of, uh, you know, in, in their own words, but I think it's just talking to you as a, as a friend and, 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 a, and a fellow poet, it, obviously your poetry's changed, you know, it's obviously the words, you know, different words you're using, powerful words and tapping into different emotions and even when you use words like my dear and stuff like that, it's just, well done you, that's what I'm saying. Thank you. So, well, it, well, people that know you from early poetry to, yeah. to poetry now, it's, you're expressing yourself more and just using all different types of emotion and drawing on things and, and I'm sure many, many people are connecting. I imagine you've got some fantastic reviews or but people have probably contacted you um, on different levels and you've got some good feedback from, yeah, the, lots, from the book. I think lots of people, um, I mean lots of people have been very kind and said lots of nice mm -hmm. things about it, um, but it's one of those books that does need a bit of time sometimes, like you, you need to have your own like mind, I don't know, what is it, self-reflection, mindfulness mm. of yourself because it is quite a deep book. Yes. Um, but you must be ready to... <clears throat> talk about different things because I think we've said before and we've all agreed if you're a writer or a poet there's a little bit of you always on the shelf don't matter if it's a short story or a little simple rhymy poem it's you it's part of you there which is always going to be open to 
critique or you know yeah. conversation so for you to sort of, for you to write that and obviously have your, your book launch and share then I don't think you would have penned it or written that one without being willing to speak about certain things yeah, that, you know it, as in you must feel confident in yourself uh, you know walking tall and and doing all these wonderful things because people are going to say to you Sharina I've read your um, collection and so-and-so poem and this poem and as soon as they say the title of the poem that's instantly for you going to bring memories or it's going to it's going to it be there inside you straight away and you just don't know where the questioning will go and surely yeah. you can't just say oh, I don't want to talk about this or that because you penned it yeah and people are reading it so it just makes you feel sort of better yeah, I think, I mean, I've had a few people as well sending me, like, their own recitals of poems from the book, which is pretty ace. Mm. Um, and it's weird hearing someone else read your poems, but it connecting to them, and it's mm. like, you can feel their rawness, and it's like, did I even write that? You know, because <laughs> it's, it's so strange. Well, that's what Borges does, it taps into the emotion, and it, it's mm. surely a good feeling when people connect with yeah. with, with, with what, you've, what you've done. Shall we do one more? Let's do one more. Let me have a look. Let you have a look. They were a bit of the, the gentle ones. <laughs> the gentle ones. Just while we're on with that then, where can people listening, is it still available? It's available... Um, where do we? Where can we get that book? For, I don't have to get that book. I've got a signed copy. <laughs> where, if, people, if people listening, and many, many people know you, Sharina, but someone could be listening to this podcast saying, who is this fantastic lady? Where can we get this wonderful book from? Where we're looking? So if you go to the Verve Poetry Press online... Um, Verve Poetry Press. And you type in Sharina Lee Satie and Shush, it should come up. And it'll come up, yeah. And you can you can have your copy. And anybody, we've talked about Spoken, um, uh, spoke and we're talking about Sisterhood. Are they, it's every month is Sisterhood. Yep, the last Friday of um, every month. The last Friday, and that's at Bradford Library, at um, Centenary Library. It is. But, Seven o'clock is it? Yeah. Till what? Ten o'clock is half past nine. Till half nine. Yeah. Half nine. So obviously people can connect and come along, and get to know you a little bit better. Okay, we're ready. Which one's this? It's called What Is Happiness. Yes. Happiness is writing poetry at midnight, when the sky wraps its darkness around my whole being. It's listening to the rain, to Mother Nature playing, to her whispering that another day is awaiting, and if this day is not what I expected to be facing, then tomorrow is another day waiting, another day to replace things, to rearrange and adjust, to change, to take a deep breath in. Happiness is just that, the pause in between, the deep breath in, it's the breathing, it's appreciating that you take, that as you take that deep breath in, someone on this earth is leaving, taking their last happiness, taking their last. Happiness is right now, it's looking around that all that surrounds you and being grateful for it too. To look, to see, to create a living memory of what you're looking at. Happiness is sometimes looking back because not all memories are full of crap and some are delicately beautiful. Happiness is sitting under a full moon as the candlelight flickers halos on your bedroom wall, watching the shadows fall into each other, dancing in sync to the silence. Happiness is nature's guidance how it makes me feel worthy of being in its presence, like I'm fully accepted for being me. My flaws, my imperfections that everyone says they don't see, but I do, and sometimes it really kills the insides of me too. It's still an ongoing battle that I continue to fight. I know happiness is not always about looking perfectly right, 
in everybody else's eyes. It's about you feeling perfectly right for you. And sometimes I feel amazing. And it's in them days that I know I have to hold on tightly to pull myself through. And I do. And I get to the place where selfies are taken and I share the fake smile on my face. Well, sometimes it's real. And the time the selfie never captures, it's always real. I'm too busy smiling to capture that it's real. To show the world how it feels. Because I'm too busy feeling it. Absorbing that shit. That happiness that is. Happiness is not always captured in a picture. It's captured in your heart. It's everything that gives you that feeling, that inner meaning. Like, oof, this feels damn good. And it's a feeling that can be misunderstood. When you don't fully accept its truth. Happiness is more than you show. And it's more than I ever show to a cold-hearted world. Where people hate to see you happy. So I stay authentically me. And the world only gets to see what I choose to show. Oh, I have heard that one before. I'm sure you read that one as well. Brilliant stuff. It's Sharina, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, have a coffee, have a chat, put the world to rights, as I think we might have done for the hour and a half we babbled on before we even did it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And it's always good to have a little bit of a laugh and listen to some of your wonderful, wonderful poetry. Any final words? And what we're near the end of the year, so what can we expect in 2024? Any any exclusives? Any Obviously, sport's going to continue, and sisterhood. Any, any little snippets of what we might expect? Any new anthologies coming out, or are you keeping that under your hat? I think it's just more, everything's just going to be amplifying poetry on whatever levels we can. Um, nothing to share at the moment. There might be some stuff in the new year, but... I can see that. You know, actually, you're <laughs> keeping it from me. I know you far better than that. But we will, yeah. Serena, it's always a pleasure to uh, have you on, on the show, have you on the podcast. And as usual, I wish you all the best in everything you do. Well, listeners, that is the end of another Writer's Bookshelf. Gingerlicious Company presents podcast and as usual tell your friends get it downloaded spread the word and i will be speaking to you on the next episode you can say goodbye now sharina bye bye <laughs>